0: Good evening, this is The Voice of America in Washington. Welcome to another edition of Reporters on Table. I'm Douglas Simpuga. This evening we'll talk about the recently concluded EU-Africa Summit. And with us tonight is my colleague, Vincent McCorin, managing editor English to Africa TV. Uh, welcome to the show, Vincent. Thank you, and it's a pleasure. You're very much welcome. And also joining us is uh, Suleiman Mugula, a regular panelist. He joins us from Durban, South Africa, as usual. He's an independent political analyst. Uh, Good evening, Suleiman.
1: Good evening, and thank you very much for inviting me.
0: You're very much welcome. I say, tonight we're looking at the EU-Africa Summit. They recently held the EU-Africa Summit. Uh, Leaders from the European Union and African Union uh, just had their first official meeting since 2017. The original plan was for them to meet again in twenty twenty, uh three years after their last summit, but because of COVID that was not possible. This partnership between the two continents, which unites the twenty seven EU and fifty five AU member states, was formally established in two thousand. Uh, now, uh gentlemen, uh, you must have had this summit in mid uh, February, the EU Africa Summit. Uh first of all, General Take uh, beginning with you, Vicent.
2: Uh First, I have to say that this
0: uh, repeat, Repeat, Vicente, it, 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 I, I couldn't hear you for some yes. time. Go ahead. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Uh, first, we have to observe that this is becoming a tradition for the last uh, several years, maybe 10 or more, uh, where African leaders uh, travel to Western capitals or in uh, the recent years also to the East to meet with the powerful nations uh, to hopefully uh, kind of uh, try to develop some... Uh, relationship that can be beneficial to the continent Uh, so uh, this is uh, not the first time that we've seen this uh, happening Uh, so what I can say is that uh, uh, what we observe what what we look at is to see what is the content of this uh, kind of uh, uh, summit we saw the the European Union saying that it wants to reset its Mm -hmm. relationship with Africa with African nations which Mm -hmm. meant that uh, There has been a problem. There has been a problem. And uh, when you look closely, the problem, the big problem is that uh, in the recent years, uh, China, Russia, and even Turkey have uh, made inroads on the continent of Africa. And therefore, the European Union uh, is realizing that it's losing footing, especially in countries where some of those countries uh, in Europe used to colonize. And they are being extremely concerned on how to go about this, whether it is uh, politically, economically, and even uh, militarily. Uh, and so the summit really was predicated on the on the reality that uh, these uh, other powers, uh, Russia and China, are really becoming extremely influential on the continent of Africa. And then we can talk further about the content of this discussion.
0: Ah uh, alaikum. Your general take on the recently concluded summit?
1: The summit, as uh, you have said in your intro, and what and what uh, the center said, is not the first time it has been there since 2001. It's uh, a series of. It's one of the series of meetings which is uh, carried out as a ritual between the African continent and the European continent. Much as they always prophesy that. Uh, it is meant to strengthen the partnership between the two continents. Uh, but it has become a ritual. The rhetoric is the same. The nature of the meeting is still the same. The Europeans have to call the shots, as always. And I think the conditions have been the same since 1884. Little has changed, and is still the same. The Europeans are there to protect their interests, which interests they are protected for a long time and I don't think even this particular summit has a difference the the core business remains the protection of the European interests. though on surface uh, to to excite Africans our interests are put in but I think they are very secondary if we look
0: at it deeply I see uh, Vincent uh, following up on Suleiman's point there there are some observers who have pointed out that that this relationship between the EU and the African Union has tended to be one dominated by the idea of Europe as a magnanimous donor and Africa as the grateful recipient. Do you look at it that way, or maybe that's an unfair comparison?
2: I think regardless of what especially the passionate Pan-Africanist may want to say about Uh, you know, the continent being such a powerful continent with all these resources uh, that uh, the relationship uh, needs to be seen as being literally almost an equal kind of uh, relationship. The truth is that things have really remained the same. Things have remained the same in the sense that Africa continues to be a recipient, a recipient of the uh, goodwill of the West in terms of the uh, you know, financial aid in terms of uh, even when it comes to, uh, you know, you just need to look recently at the COVID situation where Africa as a continent still found itself at the last, uh, the, the end of the queue trying to secure uh, COVID uh, vaccines. And uh, what happened is that we saw the continent uh, call out to the West, call out to the Europeans, to help, uh, to help the continent uh, try to supply vaccines or even help uh, try to set up uh, uh, production plants on the continent. So whichever way you look at it, it has been many years of independence, but where we are, we still uh, are at, at a situation where the continent see to the Europeans as a recipient. The Europeans have positioned themselves as they did from many years ago Uh, even after colonialism, uh, where they take, of course, from Africa, mostly raw material, uh, but uh, because the continent of Africa remains the least developed continent in the world, uh, the the needs of the African continent make it inevitably, inevitably, a recipient of uh, the Westerns uh, in terms of, trying to achieve uh, infrastructural development trying to achieve economic growth trying even to deal with its health issues uh, and even when it comes to security we've seen the fighting of jihadists for example in in the Sahel region uh, the one of the discussions one of the topics in the on the agenda in the European Africa summit was all about how does uh, how do we deal with the uh, the war against the jihadists in the Sahel, which has been fronted by the French along with the European allies under the uh, Bahan uh, uh, arrangement. So, at the end of the day, the truth remains that Africa is not seen as being capable of handling the security challenges that it faces unless and until it works with the Western nations, and those Western nations are expected to provide Uh, the wherewithal, to provide the resources, the military equipment and soldiers. So when you get a situation where, uh, you know, all your problems uh, have to be, you know, resolved only with the support of an external power, then you are obviously a recipient. And you're at a disadvantage because you do not have the upper hand in uh, setting the agenda or even hmm. uh, making the the, the 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 most viable suggestion on the resolution of your problem.
0: I see. Suleiman, uh, on this uh, donor-recipient relationship, the mission there mentions the vaccine inequality because uh, uh, wealthier countries, especially in Europe, had monopolized access to it. Even looking out African countries that were ready to pay for doses, and uh, this led to massive global vaccine inequality with just 8% of Africans being fully vaccinated, according to WHO, compared to more than 60% of, uh, in in Europe. Uh, what's your take on this uh, donor-recipient mentality?
1: As the has said, the status quo has remained since 1884. We are the recipients. The African continent is treated as a minor when for example if we had to start with the with the with the covid and vaccine which you start which, which have asked me uh, when the pandemic was raging and when the vaccine were introduced they hoarded the vaccines they never cared about africa you'll find that for example a country like drc which has got about 90 million people. It has vaccinated only about 0.1 percent of the population. Why? Because they could not get access to to the to the vaccine. Why? Because we are treated as minor. Why? African continent is not a priority to them. All these conferences are only facade, showing that they care for us. But as the centre said, we don't make the agenda. They make the agenda. They decide. When they decided that they had to release some vaccines for us, whether they are one month to expiry date, they would release them. They have donated quite a number of doses, 400 million, but um, but at their own discretion, there was no equitable distribution from the beginning. Even then, to go further to the point, as we have said, we are not setting the agenda. If you look at the conference itself, let's look at the the uh, 2017 conference, the fifth summit. The fifth fifth summit was the theme was investing in youth for sustainable future. Now, uh, uh, five years down the line, do the youths of Africa feature anywhere in the program of the uh, European Union versus Africa? What have they done? Look at the conditions of the African youth. What have we done? What is their conditions? They are still in the same miserable conditions. Unemployment has gone higher. The COVID has devastated the economies, and it has made them even more hopeless. It's, it's thousands of jobs have been lost. Now, when you look at the now the current uh, current the, the recently concluded conference, did it did it uh, address what has happened to the youth? in the in the interim the COVID devastation do you see any special package to uh, to resuscitate the economies to create employment to help the youth uh, go back in business there is none instead the agenda was set by europe themselves if one looks at the the same if one compares the theme of the last uh, last summit and you check what has been done in the in between 2017 to date you will find that there is no uh, correlation with uh, there is no fulfillment of the promises which the the AU made as far as the, the investing in the youth is concerned instead the youth are still vulnerable they are still restless they are still hopeless Jobs are gone, the economies are devastated, and the the help is not the one which which is promised. Is not even geared towards youth um, resuscitation as far as their social and economic development is concerned.
0: Uh, Vincent, uh, looking at the past summit and this one. Nothing has been achieved so far. Do you expect anything to be achieved in this one? Uh, apparently there was not even any commitment to, concrete commitment. Uh, some people say it was just mere talk.
2: You know, I see it as a, a reaction, just a reaction to China, Africa, and, uh, and Russia, Africa influence. Uh, and, and they're trying to figure out how to counter that because one of the things that is, uh, is clear is that the Europeans do not want to lose the grip on the African continent they have been concerned uh for the last several years uh, with the uh, the way african countries have kind of turned eastward and uh of course uh the colonial linkages make the europeans want to to maintain they know the benefits of uh, having africa uh you know uh, in their in their in their in their fold it's uh, it's a uh, you know they have benefited the europeans have benefited from the continent of africa for uh, for decades for now a uh, century uh so this this particular summit is is, is basically just a reaction to that and uh, and that's why we saw commitments being made for example to boost investment in Africa by you know say about 170 <laughs> billion six trillion u s dollars and and all this is all about how the Europeans are trying to figure out how to uh, to to try to maintain a footing on the African continent. And I have to say, of course, African leaders are trying to earn respect from the, African, uh, from the Europeans. You saw President of uh, um, Senegal, who is the president, the current chairman of the African Union, saying, well, we want to be seen as equal with the Europeans. So the, the African leaders are demanding uh, respect from the Europeans. They are demanding respect from the Western and the Eastern uh, powers. But the reality remains, as long as you are the one who is receiving, who is benefiting from the development of the Western nations or China or Russia, you really cannot be treated as an equal. You cannot, be, even if you wish it. Now, not to say that those Western nations or the Eastern nations are necessarily showing blatant disrespect to the African leaders or other continents. But the truth remains that Africa remains is at a disadvantage because of its underdevelopment, of uh, this unity, of uh, insecurity, and because of all this, needs by the continent, it creates a condition where Africa is trying to figure out how to solve its problem, but it cannot solve the problems without relying on the Europeans, on the Chinese, on the Russians, on the Americans.
0: I see. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reporters Roundtable. We are coming to you from The Voice of America in Washington. Tonight, we are looking at the recently concluded European Union-African Union Summit that was held in, in mid-February. in mid Our panelists are my colleague, Vithen Makori, uh, managing editor TV English to Africa, and Sulemane Mugula, an independent political analyst in Durban, South Africa, and I'm your host, Douglas Impuga, here in Washington. Um, Gentlemen, one of the sticking issues that has been uh, uh, pointed out by many analysts is the issue of uh, fossil fuel hypocrisy, uh, what they call, some of them call it hypocrisy, because uh, um, wealthier countries uh, which have contributed the most to climate change uh, and while lower-income countries, most of them in Africa, are disproportionately feeling their effects and then there's the issue of paying for the loss and damage in poor countries caused by climate change. There were lots of pledges to help Africa cope with this. Um, it didn't. It wasn't prominent in this summit, was it, uh, Vincent? Beginning with you. Uh, let's go to Suleiman. Okay.
1: No, it wasn't. The climate change uh, transition was never a very big issue, though it is covered in the 150. Um, and Billion euro package, investment package, which they are they are talking about, and they are they are promising that amongst the issues which are to be there, there will be the the, the, the transition uh, to to, to, in, to intra, in the in the energy sector. So, as you have said, it is not a very big. It was it didn't feature as a very big issue. It was just coming in as one of the issues to be covered under the investment package and as we have said again and as we shall emphasize again when you look at their at the at the seams at the of what was discussed Sal emphasized it from the beginning and he said we want to we want commitment from from europe on the development of of energy of gas uh, of, of gas and uh, accessible energy to the people of africa because you have got about 600 600 million people in darkness who don't access who don't have even access to electricity and so on but in the long run still as they said when you look at what the commitment was it was never directly on the on on the energy uh, and the climate change transition so it still remains their own agenda the 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 mood the the behavior is still paternalistic they still determine what they have to give us and if you look at their agenda it only included what they have and unfortunately as the center said we we don't have african leader who can come up with with a specific focused uh, uh, with a focused agenda to demand from them People, unlike uh, people like Mga, Magafuli, this one just accept. They just want respect from them, so that the agenda which they have brought is what we have to follow. Otherwise, even uh, the bottom line is that uh, the question of being an African-European-European uh, European continent uh, partnership is not even there. When you look at their policies and the way they disperse their 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 um, the assistance packages, they disperse them on bilateral uh, on bilateral terms. So it is not as a continent. If it was being dispersed as a continent, we would have seen one collective package. For example, a stimulus package, post COVID plus stimulus package for the continent to divide within itself. Post COVID. Uh, assistance in the energy sector post it will be focused but now it is just just general terms but in the long run it goes bilateral so even the question of being european and african partnership in reality it is not even there instead it is bilateral and when you go deep into the bilateral you find that it is very unfair it is skewed towards europe that is why the, the Tanzania refused even to sign the package which they had come up with the East African countries. Because when it read into the fine lines, it found that it was so unfair to the, to the African countries and it, it was more in favor of the European countries. So you find that their processes have not changed, their intentions have not changed, their views about Africa have not changed, they are still the same despite the rhetoric
0: yeah we at this issue of uh, transitioning to from fossil fuels Africa would has a lot of natural resources gas and oil and this would help them push them uh, to 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 uh, in, in their development uh, goals but then there seems to be a mismatch
2: oh most certainly I mean Africa has everything that would make any continent the most developed continent in the world. Africa has all the resources that would make it a a very strong uh economic partner of the the any any region of the world but you see um Mohula has mentioned something that actually was in my mind i wanted to mention and uh, the reality is that africa does not have common a uh, common strategy uh when whether it comes to uh you know trading in its uh, it's uh its resources its mineral resources it's oil we are we know that uh, they bilateral relationships actually end up trumping the continental relationship with the Europeans or even with China. Uh, while the African leaders may go to Europe and meet the European Union, which is a very strong union, uh, at the end of the day, you will see that when the African leaders get back home, the European leaders will make individual uh, visits to individual African countries African leaders will travel to particular European nations and they'll have this bilateral agreement bilateral relationship even investment so that uh, uh, you know what China what Kenya is doing with the Europeans uh, has nothing to do with what Nigeria is doing with the with the Europeans whether it has to do with the mineral resources or some economic uh, uh, stimulus packages so in fact That is what undermines this, uh, you know, what ideally should be an African, uh, you know, union strategy. There is no, at the moment, there's no common strategy. There is just a common, uh, you know, a common feeling of being Africans. There's a a camaraderie, there is this nice union of African countries. uh, But when it comes to really going out to, Negotiate. We don't have a, a continental strategy on all these sectors that will compel the European Union or any other Western power, Eastern power, to deal with a continent as an entity. They, at the end of the day, deal with these African leaders as individuals and then create a, 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 a spirit of competition. African countries end up trying to compete for uh, the partnerships with these countries. And that's why we, we can see across the continent too many things happening. And sometimes, uh, you know, we, we do not know to what extent certain developments, even infrastructure, is beneficial to an individual country. But because this country looks across the border and the other country is doing something, is doing a railway, you also want to do the same. And the Western nations or the chinese are willing to help you to do that so this in the, uh, this competition among african nations and the bilateral relationship with uh, european nations does not necessarily help africa at the moment to achieve common objectives as a continent
0: i see uh, we're, running, uh, we're running out of time uh, uh, unless, before we go, Anders, touch a little bit on uh, the issue of corruption. Because many African leaders have looted their countries and invested in Europe. M- late Mobutu Seiko left billions in Switzerland. Uh, Abacha died and uh, they've been recovering millions of dollars from Europe. Uh, briefly, Suleiman, with you uh, in about a minute. N- neither of these leaders raised the issue of corruption, for instance. No, they cannot raise it
1: because, as we said, They don't have a common strategy. If you look at the conference, did they go to discuss African problems? If they were to discuss African problems, are the current—is what was discussed the the banning African uh, problems? No we have got problems in energy we have got problems in fair trade we have got problems of value addition we have got problems of corruption and and poor leadership on the continent as you are saying we have got uh, as you are saying illicit illicit trade going on Hmm? illicit transfer of resources moving on nobody could mention them instead the 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 the, the 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 agenda which was given is what we took if we had our own uh, a common strategy we would have been able to bargain for example for a post covid stimulus package for a fair trade for the suspension of debts for 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 climate change fund because so many countries kenya uh, somalia they are being devastated by climate uh, issues we should have been discussed They should have been discussing such issues. But many of those were not discussed because of the skewed nature of these organizations and partnerships.
0: Uh, Last word on that one, Vincent, about about a minute.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we know that uh, one of the biggest challenges of the continent is corruption. But the question has always been, who is really willing to throw the stone. Uh, if they live in a glass house. We have a challenge of uh, fighting corruption because um, many of the corruption issues tend to go all the way up (laughs) to the top leadership. And so it's hard to mention it without a person implicating themselves or willing to expose themselves to that kind of scrutiny. So uh, I think that remains a problem that is hard even to bring as an agenda. The you know, a, a summit like that of the European Union Africa summit.
0: So, with uh, one word to each of you, are such summits helpful?
1: Uh, if you are to ask a certain in- extent, not to a certain extent, not because real issues concerning the, the ordinary Africans are not usually discussed, instead, issues which will benefit Europe, mm-hmm. they, they would be beneficial if uh, Africans
2: really took a common stand on every issue and worked together as an ent- one
0: entity. I see. Well, thanks, gentlemen. That wraps up this edition of Reporters Roundtable. Thanks to my colleague, Vincent McCory, managing editor TV English Africa, and Suleiman Mugula, an independent analyst based in Durban, South Africa. Gentlemen, as usual, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure, thank you. You're very much welcome. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Reporters Roundtable. Table. A reminder that you can access this program by going to our main website. And until next week, I'm your host, Douglas Impuga, wishing you all the best. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Coming up, a conversation with a freshman member of Congress, Chantel Brown from the state of Ohio. She's a Democrat who sits on the House Agriculture and Oversight and Reform Committees. We'll discuss her legislative priorities and her assessment of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, its implications for the world order and U.S. domestic politics. That's press conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at twenty one oh five UTC. Join me, Steve Miller as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player.